Welcome everyone to another episode of Overcome Podcast. Uh, today I'm having here a great friend of mine, IFB Pro, Britain Bull. Thank you very much for being here today, Britain. Hi, thanks, Yuri, for having me. And just uh, an update: now is uh, Britney Cooper, right? Yeah, now now it's Britney Cooper as of um, almost two weeks All ago. All right, congratulations! Uh, very happy for you. Thank you. Britt, um, I would like to start this interview because um, the the idea of the podcast is talking about uh, overcome, and um, I met you many years ago uh, uh, at destination, and uh, you were still in the beginning of the journey. You change so much over the years. You improve it so much. You change divisions. Uh, but let's step even back uh, to the beginning, right? Uh, when did you start and, and why? What was the reason you started competing and uh, training and then competing? Well, um, to be honest, it was just kind of a, uh, I'm going to show this ex-boyfriend what I'm made <laughs> of sort of thing. Um, I was all, always... Uh, active and into sports and stuff so I was figuratively fit to begin with um, but I'd never really thought about doing a fitness competition or anything and then I actually had worked for was working for Hooters at the time um, in the corporate world though not on the floor um, and in management and so so one of the girls was just like you know I compete um, in the WBFF and you know you should consider competing um, I ended up not competing in the WBFF. I went ahead and competed in the NPC. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I was in a relationship um, that was not going very well, and he was cheating on me, et cetera. And so when we busted up, I was like, I needed something to take my focus and put it into a positive outlet. So when somebody said, well, you should try this, I was like, well, I mean, I work out, you know, I work out already, I do cardio, I already do half the battle, so yeah, I'll try. Um, and so that's when I decided to go to go into a bikini competition. So I started in bikini. Okay, so you started in bikini, which is a very different division than where you are today. And what drove you to change uh, to physique later on? When um, it's really funny, I actually came across an old post that I had made back in like 2017 or something, and I had mentioned that I was getting upset at people for asking me if I was going into physique. Mm -hmm. Really figure out why I would be upset, but I guess because I didn't want to look. I can remember telling people, "I don't want to look like that. Like I don't want to be that muscular. I don't want to have. I don't want to get that lean." Um, and so over the years and over the course of time, it truly did just, my body just developed into a way that I hadn't foreseen or really couldn't have imagined. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought, until I stood next to Dana Lynn Bailey, I thought she was a massive person, but she's not, you know, she's, she's actually a, a little, like a smaller, more compact person. Um, same thing with a ton of these other competitors, you know, you can, on Instagram and Facebook, they look huge because that's what posing and bodybuilding is about is illusions and angles. Mm -hmm. um, and then you in person and they're five foot two um, and really no bigger than you are, but it's just about the way you present it on stage. So I don't, I don't really know that I had a goal to go into women's physique. Um, I just continued to want to be better. 
Um, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see where I could go. Um, but even now, I can still fully say, like, I do not have any um, drive or want to go into women's bodybuilding. I don't feel that I have the frame to hold that much muscle. And I don't necessarily... Um, I don't want to put in what it takes, take that however you want mm -hmm. um, to get to that level of development and muscularity. Yeah. That's not my, I really enjoy where I'm at now. It's comfortable. Um, it doesn't feel too heavy. I mean, like, of course I have joint pains and aches and that and the other, but I mean, I'm getting older. So, you know, I put my body through stresses, but I don't feel uncomfortable um, anymore. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have, get really uncomfortable to get where I am now. So I can't imagine how uncomfortable I would have to get to continue yeah. on to like a women's body. So. No, I think you found your sweet spot for sure. Uh, and uh, the evolution of, of your physique shows that. I was actually before the interview watching a video of the Chicago Pro that you got third place. Um, and it's interesting that uh, during the interview you said uh, the first question was, what did you do different? Because on the previous show, you got uh, uh, 12th place. Uh, oh. <laughs> and now you got third. And you said, we doubled my food. <laughs> and yes. Um, it was, it, and it, it's crazy the amount. I mean, I think this past year, so I hired um, Hyacinth like at 19 weeks out or so. Um, and so I didn't really give him much of an off season to work with. Um, but at like 12 weeks out, I was probably eating upwards of 3000 calories, 3,030, I mean, 3,500, I feel I got up to at one point. Um, and it was, it was just like so much food, but it was quality food, like good food. And, and it showed it pays off. Yeah. Now. Yeah. No, you look fantastic on that show for sure. Yeah. It, it was a problem for you to actually digest and go through that, uh, double your amounts of caloric intake uh, from one show to the other or you, you you did just fine you know i did just fine surprisingly i don't really feel i have a lot of gut issues or um i try and take care of my gut health uh probiotics and i try and you know make sure that i'm paying attention to how certain foods make me feel uh, what makes me feel really bloated you know what messes my stomach up that way I can try and avoid those as much as possible um, so I didn't really have any troubles digesting I've this past time actually I had more trouble with water than anything um, but no like my gut health has always been I've been very fortunate with my gut yeah, actually one of the most impressive parts of your body is uh, the abs is <laughs> always shred so I don't think you have any problem no, I, at all <laughs> and you know honest like my the first place off-season weight goes for me is my midsection like hands down my abs are the first thing to go um, and so it's really interesting to me that my waist actually comes in as small as it does for show because it truly is one of the first things that blows out in off season. Like I will have striations in my quads and even some in my glutes, but I'll have no abs. Really? I never, I never saw a picture of you without abs. That's new. Okay. I am. Um, my, uh, I mean, I've people talk about genetics in this sport a lot, you know? And, um, if you look at 
at my mom and my grandma and even my Nana on my dad's side, like my Nana is a larger statured woman. Like she's very, she's taller. Um, but my, my, the rest of the women in my family hold every bit of weight right in our stomachs. So it's very interesting to me that my waist comes in as small as it does. You know, I don't, I don't really know what to attribute that to because, or what to contribute that to because I don't even really train abs. Hmm. So, I mean, I might, I might start to train abs, um, maybe like a month out, like just to kind of give them like a little pump, but in all honesty, I spend a lot of time with, I don't want to say vacuuming, but I started back working on my vacuum this past year. I walk around belly button to spine 90% of the time. Um, posture sake, I guess I feel like it helps my posture. I used to wear waist trainers like all the time. I don't really anymore unless I'm training. Do but, you feel they do you mean, feel any difference when you were wearing those? You know, I I feel different as in it makes my it it makes me more aware of my posture and my breathing techniques during workout um, things like that. But I mean, like I said, this past year I feel like my waist this year was smaller than it was three years ago in my show. Like when I compare pictures, it looks like my waist is actually smaller and not just because the rest of me is bigger, but genuinely my waist looks like it is smaller this year than it was at the Chicago pro. So, I mean, can you contribute that to waist training? I mean, I've been doing it. I even went as far this past year as doing some actual corset Mm. training. Okay. Yeah. With like an actual bone corset that I laced up in the back. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard out? to tell because there are so many uh, little things that you do to improve. At the end of the day, is is more like the entire package. Uh, it's hard to say precisely what it is. Just about to say, I think truly, the because people have asked me like, what do you do to get your small waist? I think it's just a culmination of all the things that I do on the daily. Like I am very midsection conscious when I'm walking around on the daily, even if I'm in a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, now you are, you are a personal trainer. So you are basically at the gym most of, most of your time. And, um, you don't really take, uh, off season to gain a lot of mass, right? Because you kind of keep, uh, lean all, all year round, not too lean, but you stay very clean diet all, all year round. Right. Yeah, I mean, so I, I took such a hiatus from 2018, um, and the original plan was to come back in 2020, but COVID, and that's a whole different ball game. But you know, I just like anybody else have my times where I, you know, not just fall off the wagon, but I like, you know, swan dive off of it and get dragged behind it for a couple of miles, and you know, I I fall off the wagon too. Um, so there are times where. You know, my diet is not very clean where I'm not sticking to it. Um, Truth be told, the past two weeks have been a struggle since the wedding. I mean, I dieted for six months, pretty much, um, half the year. uh, Well, it's it's a celebration time, so that's okay. Yeah. It's like a little, like a trigger, like the switch gets flipped. I went so long without sugar, I was fine without it. But then they gave me wedding cake and truffles and all this other stuff. And like the switch just flipped and was like, oh, it tastes so good. Yeah. So, so there are times when I come off, 
I do try and maintain something that is able to be reeled back in. I thrive in routine. So I'm still getting up and doing cardio in the morning. Um, I'm still trying to hit my meals at the time of day so I can get to bed at the relatively same time that I have Mm -hmm. been. So I do try and keep it for the most part in control. Um, but there are definitely times when I'm vulnerable, just like every, I'm human. But do you, do you think that uh, is more a, a psychological aspect than really your body asking for that? Because I see people sometimes they derail from their core diet when they have a little bit of depression or when they, when they are having problems, right? So there is always a psychological aspect. Do you, do you, you, is that what happens to you sometimes? Oh, I would say... Um... I'd say 100%, like post-show depression, the post-show blues, those are all real things. Even if you're not, I say depression, it's not even necessarily I'm sitting around like moping, like, oh, what do I do? Because, I mean, I've had a ton to do. Um, It's more or less trying to find and reestablish the balance between your prep body and your off-season body and getting used to watching all of the things that you've worked so hard for for the past six months fade knowing it's not healthy to stay that way. Like that's the real thing I've had to um, really remember in just all of it is it's not healthy for me to be that way for very long. I mean, when I first, uh, after the Chicago pro actually, or I'm sorry, the year before Chicago pro, right after I, right after I turned pro in USA's, I actually stayed in, complete prep mode till the Arnold amateur or till the Olympia amateur that year, because I wanted to look good with Jeff. I was, um, we went and got a DEXA scan done and I was in like perioosteoporosis. I was like 35. Wow. And they were telling me density was because my estrogen had been so low for so long that my bone density was suffering. And so I needed to gain weight. Like I had to get my hormones rebalanced. I had to get those things going again because I was, I mean, I was having joint pain that, you know, I would not assume I would be having at 35. Um, and that's one reason I did have to take the time off that I, that I did in between Chicago and 2021 was just to be able to, I mean, get my natural homeostasis rolling again. Um, yeah, I was actually listening to, um, to our interview that actually Lee Priest was talking about uh, on the RX Muscle. He said in the 90s, people usually on uh, off-season, they were just like fat, big guys. Uh, and he was talking about his own example that uh, he gained a lot of weight on his off-season. And nowadays with social media, everyone wants to look good all year long. They are, you know, going out of show and staying almost as lean as on the show already along so it's really hard for for you to see big improvements because you know they they don't gain a lot of uh, of uh, muscle in between shows uh, so so nowadays no, just... uh nowadays is um is the social media has this disadvantage people want you to to look at show ready all year long and sometimes as you said it's not healthy well and that's Now, I remember the days before Instagram and Facebook and, you know, the social media boom, like, you know, it, 
I think it probably would have been a lot easier to prep for shows um, prior to social media. You know, um, it's a it's a beast, and and because you are put under pressure, and and some people will allow that to to pressure them into being show ready all year mm-hmm. long. Um, on top of that, like it is truly a psychological. Uh, it's just as much of a psychological sport as it is, a, you know, a physical sport because mentally you have to be able to let it go you know mentally you have to be able to say okay like i need to put on some body fat and even if your goal isn't to grow or gain muscle because i mean i've been told i need to put on size in my back period that's not i don't need to necessarily get more quads i don't need to do this so it's not like i need to go put on 20 pounds in my off season just to put on a back Mm -hmm. um but i mean a good 15 pounds just for health sake, like just for to feel healthy. I mean, right now I'm about 10. I just now hit about 10 pounds up and I feel better. I feel healthier. Um, now there's some other things going on post show wise, like my sleep isn't like, I'm not sleeping very well right now. Um, you know, I've, my appetite is up and down because my, you know, my body, my mind says you want to eat the things that you haven't, been eating Mm -hmm. and my body is telling me no you really don't want to do that like i do feel oh i do feel bad like um we had a cake and ice cream the other night i woke up in the morning and had that i call it the the sugar stick in my mouth you know like it tastes like even i don't know like you slept with your mouth open all night long and so it's like uh just bad just awful um and I have some really crazy weird dreams when I eat that stuff before bed. So um, it's my body truly telling me, like, you don't want to do that. But so, so, you know. so now that everything is passing, you are readjusting to a normal uh, physique post show and everything. Are you planning to to go back uh, soon or just next year? Uh, next year, um, we've decided that in order to make the improvements that we want to make. And I mean, I'm not somebody who likes to, to take a lot of, a lot of PEDs or a lot of things like that. So it's sometimes a little bit slower for me to make those progressions. Um, so I mean, to make the changes that we need to make, I feel we definitely need a longer, a little bit longer of an off season. So we think we might come back in like next June or July. Mm -hmm. Um, might be a good like spot. Um, a lot of things can happen between June and July, yeah. you know, between now and June or July. So um, the plan is not to compete before then. Um, but, you know, my secret little goal has always been I want to compete at the Arnold. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's an invite show. Um, I think that's, you know, I think that's really amazing. You know, you can win your way to the Olympia, but you can't really do that to the Arnold like they invite you. So, um, but it's just too soon this year for me to even try to Have go. you thought about the so. amateur Olympia? Well, I'm not an amateur anymore. Oh, that's pro, true. So that's true. You, can, you cannot. Uh, so for the, because in 2018, I was listening to your interview and, and you were pretty confident that you were going to Arnold, right? Because uh, you had all the numbers to go. Mm-hmm. So um, I really wanted to go uh, that year, but... I ended up having to take some time off um, injuries. Like I said, I was imperial osteoporosis. So 
I just didn't feel comfortable going into another prep right away. Oh, okay. um, so I did take that time to go. And then, like I said, I was, I was hoping to, um, come back in like 2020 and kind of secure me a spot. Um, and then 2020 didn't happen for me because I just couldn't put myself through the stresses of possibly getting two weeks out from a show and then COVID making it impossible to do mm -hmm. it or getting canceled the other. So I just, you know, skipped, skipped around that board. How um, did you do, how did you do throughout the, the, the COVID, uh, the, you know, like in 2020 were, were you okay with okay because you are an extremely active person and i'm pretty sure that uh, even where you live there were lockdowns at the gym in the beginning around march uh, march last year in texas what how did you cope with that did you train at home by yourself how did you do no yuri i was so fortunate to be honest with you um i did suffer my or my gym did lock down um but he was really awesome at allowing just the trainers to come in and train ourselves. Um, you know, we could, it wasn't open to the public or anything, but he allowed us to continue use of the facility. Um, so that was really awesome. Uh, I did have to like figure out how to train my clients out of their homes. Um, and most of them are okay with that. They're lifestyle clients. They're, um, you know, older, middle-aged, some of them are my age, but women with families who are just wanting to look good on the daily, um, so they, it was really easy to transition to at-home workouts for them, but I was very fortunate. Um, I, if I got COVID, I didn't know it. Um, you know, none of, none of my immediate close family, um, really suffered from it. All of my family decided to get, uh, like my mom and my grandparents decided to get the vaccine. So, um, they kind of stayed, <laughs> they stayed within the walls of their own confines until they were able to get the vaccine. So I didn't even really get to see much of my family um, during that time. But for me personally, Jeff and I, we were very fortunate. Uh, Jeff's job wasn't, I mean, he works for AT&T. Um, so he's got kind of job security. Mm -hmm. And like I said, my clients all were, were ready and willing to just let's, let's figure out how we can keep this going. So very fortunate. Yeah. Um, I know people were not, um, and that's extremely sad. Um, but for us, like, yeah, I'm very thankful how fortunate we, we made out. Do you out. feel that uh, COVID has also brought more awareness for people that were not even exercised to say, hey, I think I need to exercise? Because I saw a growth of uh, home jeans, people buying equipment and everything. So looks like a lot of people use this time to also get into fitness uh do you feel the same so i would love to say that i do i can't decide if it's if it were all the fitness people at the gyms that had to now make gyms for themselves so they were already in fitness trying to do it um because i haven't you know like i don't really see much of the news or media or anything pushing to go work out to avoid covid like they're not pushing like hey health and fitness like I mean, you got Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme or whoever it was giving free donuts to vaccinated people. Like, that's not promoting health and fitness. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's hard for me to say that I think it was a bunch of new people that were all of a sudden like, oh, I better go get in shape. I think it were it was people like, like us that needed somewhere to go. And so we knew that we weren't going to give up what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So it worked no matter what. Like, I thought 
it was so cool seeing the videos of like the farmer style workouts where they were like making their own leg presses and making their own cable machines. And it, I think it was brought out a lot of creativity for a lot of people who think are just meatheads. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, now uh, you, you already said that the plans is to to really compete next year. Uh, you were also you also mentioned that you're getting older and now you just uh, uh, married. What uh, what is your vision uh, as far as okay, in which point you believe you are going to kind of retire? I know it's early, but usually someone people have a plan, right? I mean, you want to. Uh, have your own gym you want to continue inspiring other people as a personal trainer or you don't even think about retire you want to compete until you are on your 50s because you know I uh, last episode I interviewed Catherine and she been competing for more than 20 years uh, she got her pro card after the 40s she's a, a huge inspiration And uh, I think it's amazing when you still have the same stamina to compete at the age of 60, for example. Uh, is that, is that right. your plan? So I don't, I don't ever really foresee me not competing, um, not being in the industry. It's hard, it's hard to imagine that because I love doing it so much. Um, so, I mean, will I retire? I mean, I don't think I, I mean, I, I sat here and I was about to say, I don't think I can do this till I'm 75, but at the same time, like, why, why not? not? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not? Um, I mean, I might drive Jeff up the wall <laughs> or drive him to an early grave, but, um, you know, we've talked about it. I mean, a, a question people have asked me is, you know, do Jeff and I want to have children like that? That would play a role yeah. in where, you know, um, and for he and I, it's, You know, he, we're both, like I said, we're both, he is 40. I'm about to be 38. So it's not like it's out of the cards for us, but it's also, if it were never, if we were never to be parents, like we're amazing aunts and uncles, <laughs> like I'm a aunt. So like, I'm cool if that's what I get to do. If that's what the Lord has intended for me, then I'm okay with that. Um, if we were to, you know, if we were to get pregnant and be able to start a family, that's also equally as amazing for us. Um, but it's something that, you know, I've, I don't want to be done yet. Yeah. Um, I, do, I feel like I just want to have a couple of more good years in it, especially like, uh, from where I am right now, like I was competitive this year. I might not have been top five competitive, but I held my own toe to toe with some Olympians and that makes me driven and want to continue to see where I can go. Will I ever end up on the Olympia stage? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, who knows, you know, where where the division will go, right. um, you know, from here. But if I do have the, the curiosity and the want to just see what next year can bring for me. And, you know, again, like I, I've told Jeff, like, if I can just go and be competitive at the Arnold, compete at the Arnold, That's really my big goal show. Like, I would love to stand on the Arnold yeah. stage um, as an invited athlete. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of my goal. And if I could do that, then I feel like I could retire a, a fulfilled competitor. Um, but, I mean, I've, I've always been an athlete. Yeah, I, I, and know? I knew and, this would be a hard answer for you because we notice when people are passionate about this sport, right? And you are, I mean, you demonstrate that, uh, 
uh, all year long with uh, your posts and uh, just even the time that you were off, you were always uh, very you know motivational and uh, for everyone to to train and and you were always there. So it, you, it, clearly you love doing it. Uh, so f for you and for many people that love doing it, it's hard to say it's time to stop, right? Because it's, it's, it's part of you. Well, and I don't think Jeff would ever ask me to stop. Like he's, he mentioned, because I told him, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start off season, like a real off season, you know, like eating what I'm supposed to be eating, not like cookies and cake. Um, and he said, what? He's like, you're just ready to start. He's like, you're ready to go, aren't you? And it is like, I'm ready to build towards better, but at the same time, like he, you know, I also know that that's a already, like you're already fixing to get into this, which we all know off season and prep is totally different. At least I'm not yeah. hungry and all, you know, so, um, but he would never ask me to stop because he's, he competed too. Like he knows, he knows what it feels like to be on stage. He knows what the rush is, the adrenaline, like the satisfaction of seeing all of the hard work, like come to fruition. Yeah. So he, asked me to stop um you know but so it is it's really it is a hard question because of course someday like will be my last day on stage um but i just don't know when that'll be and you do you have people like like cat and uh, i mean I, I know you've had claire mm -hmm. on before you have a lot of leah yeah, uh, denny yeah, yeah. you know she's her she just her and i are good she friends just uh, had her olympia moment uh, last week and it was amazing I know I was I was so disappointed that they all did not get to do their routines because I choreographed her routine for oh, her. Nice. Um, so like her and I her and I are, are good friends and so they're all like true beacons of what older women in this sport are truly capable mm -hmm. of doing. Um, and so it's you know, one day will will be my last day on stage, but it ain't tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now, uh, as a trainer, let's switch uh, the mindset for Brit as a trainer. When you are getting, you know, a new client that wants to compete for the first time, um, and you start to see uh, change in behavior, where let's say bikini or physique doesn't really matter, but uh, you start seeing that this person is now like obsessed so much with this that is uh giving up family time is going just too much into this universe and starts to forget about other things right because i've seen many cases uh uh of even divorce just because they she couldn't be more around normal people right she wanted to be all the time right. in, in people that are doing the same thing uh, so when you do you talk about this side as well? Because it's very addicted, right? You, you can easily go and go to this tunnel vision and you, the only thing that you see is your, the competition. So what is your advice on that, to avoid that? So I, I do preach to my clients balance. Like, and I know that's cliche, but I mean, there's a balance that you have to have with this. Um, you know, honestly, most of the time, it's harder to get clients to completely buy into it to put the amount of focus and energy. You know, um, I'm upfront with people. It requires sacrifice. Like if you want to, especially in competition prep, 
if you want to prep for a show and you want to win, you want to be successful, you want to put your best package on stage, it's going to require sacrifice of other uh, areas of your life. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to go out to happy hours with friends all the time because you're going to have to worry about you have to get to the gym and get your workout in and you're going to have to make sure you're getting your cardio in, and you're going to have to make sure that you're getting your food in when you're supposed to get it in. Um, you know, I personally have, I've missed birthday parties and I've missed anniversaries and I've missed family outings, um, all in the name of prep. Now on the other side of that though, I have also sat through many a dinners with friends with my Tupperware. Yeah. I have sat through weddings with Tupperware and parties and I mean, I hate to say funerals, but I mean, I've sat through all sorts of events with Tupperware in the name of prep, but still being able to participate in normal life events at the same time. Um, you know, so there is always a balance between the two. It's, I can't say that I've ever had a problem with my clients just being so laser focused into it that they're allowing everything else to just completely fall by the wayside. And maybe that is because I preach balance and tell them how they can continue to live out daily mm -hmm. life and still be fit and still be active in the yep. gym. Um, I also am not a guilt trip coach. If you tell me that you missed workout or that you missed meal, my job is not to make you feel like a total crap bag mm -hmm. for it. Like that to me, I just never, I never felt like that did me any good. And I'm more of positive reinforcement or let's find out why you were unable to successfully do your diet this week. You know, a lot of times it's travel or, you know, random special events or this, that, and the other. And I always tell them like, if you don't tell me what's going on, I can't help you plan for it. But I try my hardest to plan with my clients. Like if they know they've got family vacation coming up next week, let's do everything we can to make sure that you're going into it at a good spot and at a, an equalized spot. So you're not like dropping all of your carbs because most people will just be like, well, I'm just not going to eat carbs for a yeah. week. And then I'll and just blah, 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 blah. And when I come back from vacation, I'll just not eat carbs again for a month, you know? And that's just that yo-yo effect is so unhealthy and it's just not even, not even worth doing mm -hmm. it that way. So I try my hardest to help educate them on ways that they can still be successful, even if it's not what our plan is written yeah, to be. Perfect. I think that's a great approach. And, and I, although you said it's cliche, it's true. Balance is everything. You have to, to balance. As long as you keep balance, you are able to, uh, to do everything. Uh, socialize, to be normal at home, and even avoid uh, bringing the stress of the final weeks of prep to your family. Because I know final weeks of prep are always uh, tough. Um, nerves, you are hungry, you are tired, and you have to get the work done. And you don't want to bring that stress. Uh, usually you don't want to bring that stress to your family. Mainly when your spouse is not from the industry. Now, in your case, it's different because your husband is from the industry. But when it's not, you want to make sure that you are able to isolate. 100%. I 100% I agree with that. And it is, I mean, again, I'm human. I'm just like any other athlete, pro or Joe out there on the planet. 
prep does get to me and I can be a prep B just like anybody else. Um, and I think where I really try to uh, offer reprieve for Jeff is I can recognize it. I've gotten really good at recognizing it and going, you know what? Like I'm just, I'm, I'm prepping out right now and it's not okay. Like, yeah. and that you want to reel it in because if that is, this is supposed to be something that's positive mm -hmm. for us. That's good. For, that is inspiring and fun. And if it's making you feel like you want to murder everybody <laughs> around, like how is that a positive experience? Yeah. Not, not for the people around you, but for you right. alone. So, um, I did try and focus and I was not always successful, but this past prep, I did try and focus on if I felt that, like that hunger, that tiredness, I almost tried to just seclude myself or take a nap, uh, go pose. Posing is a, an escape for me. Um, so it's keeping my mind focused on what I'm supposed to be focusing on in the prep, but it's also allowing me to put my energy into something else that's not yelling at my husband. So would you say that this last prep was your best prep so far? Um, I would have, so yes and no. Eight weeks out and forward, absolutely. The, the time prior to that, it was so different than I, than anything I had done in the past, um, experience wise. Um, you know, I had been with the same coach for six years and then I switched to Hyacin and he had, you know, there's always growing pains. I've never met the man. Uh, I had found him via social media through some female athletes that I personally thought would have been worthy opponents for stage. Mm -hmm. Um, people like Stephanie Flesher, uh, Alyssa Kessinger, like people like that, that I liked what their bodies were doing. And he was the one that was at the helm. So what better way to like beat your competition than get your competition's coach. <laughs> yep. So that was kind of my mentality. And, um, it was different. Um, and my body put up a fight. It wasn't as easy as it had been in the past to get to where I was. And I, um, you know, I, once we got my blood work done and everything, we figured out why, um, you know, if your blood work isn't, if your blood isn't good, if your hormones aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, then it's almost impossible to get stage yeah. ready. So, um, once we figured that out and that was at about eight weeks out, it was full speed ahead. So, and we made like some changes to the diet. Like I had been on majority rice. Um, for some reason, rice just doesn't like, isn't kosher with me, I guess. Um, so we moved me back over to potatoes. Mm -hmm. And once we made like little tweaks like that, it was smooth sailing. And then, so that's why I can, I can definitely say um, from eight weeks out prior to the Texas Pro, so I guess the last 12 to 13 weeks of prep that I had were by far the best and the easiest prep. And, um, and, the, pa and the package, I, do you believe it was the best package you brought to stage? Oh, 100%. And you know, you know, bless Hyacinth's soul. Uh, I'm a question asker. Like when we're in prep, I'm like, why am I eating this? Why am I doing this? What do you, why, why, why? And it's not me questioning. It's me 
wanting to know, like needing the logic behind the method behind the mm -hmm. madness. Um, and so he always was so great about explaining to me why or what he was trying to accomplish or any of those things. So, um, but it truly was just, just different. Um, and the package, even between Texas pro and Phoenix, I mean, there was a one pound difference. I was a pound lighter in Phoenix, but I looked like I doubled in size. And what, if, what was so, the interval between Texas pro and Phoenix? Like two, three, three, three weeks. Week. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So, and we did, we, right after the Texas pro, I mean, we decided immediately that I was going to jump into Phoenix. Um, we didn't, I, I didn't get to perform my routine the way I wanted because my music got messed up and then they cut the music short for everybody. And so I, when I put into opposing routine, like I put that routine together for four months, like I was doing my routine on a stage the way it was meant to be done. I didn't care if I had to go all the way to Phoenix to do it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, that that's awesome, Britt. Uh, and, and I think that everything you said about uh, the mindset of your clients and the balance, you also learn a lot over time because you just mentioned that in the beginning you were you were not able to handle as good as you are handling today the final weeks of prep. So you also learn through trials and errors and how to know better yourself. Yeah, I, uh, it truly, it's, it's something that I think every athlete, really, really athlete, no matter what sports you're in, um, learning how to deal with the stresses of what you're doing, not projecting them onto other people. Again, this is supposed to be a positive experience and, uh, something that is inspiring to you and to others. So I truly feel like this year I did, I was able to cope with things better, um, able to handle business as well um while prepping you know i started doing um some posing clinics and um posing classes and i travel a lot with the npc for shows with um the you know ed and betty pariso i do do their shows and so juggling and being able to maintain my professional life while also being able to prep was something that i definitely went into prep knowing i needed to continue because just because you're prepping doesn't mean the show yeah. stops You know, and um, contest prep and competing on stage is very expensive, um, whether you're a pro athlete or mm -hmm. not. Like, we might not have to pay $600 of registration fees every show if you want to do, you know, more than one division. But we do have to pay, you know, to get to where we're going. Like, and if you're working without sponsorship um, or without financial aid from people or companies – then it can become a very expensive trip. I was very lucky that, um, especially for Phoenix, I had some people jump in, um, Brad Duncan from raw iron gym, which is the gym that I work out here in my hometown. Um, he threw in for the Airbnb that I did. So that took that off my plate. Um, you know, my suit maker, Karen, she sponsors my suits and those are sometimes thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, Competing can be a very expensive sport, and I've been lucky enough to have people help pitch in. But I mean, just the food alone, especially nowadays, like, you know, you can't, if you're eating beef, which luckily my family, we do our own cattle, so uh, I don't have to worry about that. But I mean, salmon, 
salmon got up to like, I don't know, $14 a pound and I was eating it every single night. Um, yep. you know, when, when you eat cod and it's $8 a pound and you're eating it three times a day, those, that, that starts to add yeah. up. So, um, I needed to make sure that my professional and my business plan continued to roll and develop, even though I had to be in prep too. So I always thought that, you know, I do think that things will suffer and you have to take pieces of everything and your percentage of focus from all the other areas of your life to make up a hundred percent for prep. But I also believe that you can continue to do those things at a maintainable rate. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and the result of that is that today you are a more mature business person, athlete, and you can carry on this on your next, next time that you're going to compete, you're going to do even better because now you have, you like I've done before. I know it is possible. Now I am just going to improve. So from now on, it's just a matter of continue to improve. Yes, that's the that's the plan. I mean, we hope we never go backwards, but I mean, sometimes you know, shit yeah. happens. But yeah, the goal is to always keep moving forward. Absolutely. And just just one final topic before we wrap up here, uh, because you touched on this, and I think it's very important. You were talking about aches and pain and everything, and um, with time, uh, it is hard to train heavy when you are getting older, you have to start training a little bit more smart and you have to use different methods and, and techniques to continue to make improvement, but at the same time, save your joints and things like that. What were the major changes that you've done in your workout routine to really avoid so much damage on, on the joints uh, that you had over time? Well, I had to figure out, or I had to uh, remember that I wasn't trying to do powerlifting. Mm -hmm. Bodybuilding is not about a number on the bar. Um, it's not about how much weight you can lift. It's really about how efficiently you can make your lifting, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I had to really take out of the equation worrying about um, my ego. I had to take my ego out of the equation um, and realize that it doesn't matter if I'm if I'm only squatting one 35 am I doing it correctly am I getting the full range of motion you know I can make 135 feel like 225 <laughs> with time under tension techniques holds um, making sure that I'm staying engaged you know time tempo all of these things can play a role into how heavy or how hard it is to actually complete the lift so I actually stopped worrying about weight um, And I did. So example, like uh, last night when um, my training partner and I trained legs, we did leg press um, and we were doing um, like holds. So we would do 10 full range reps and then we would hold, like go all the way to the bottom and let it sit on the bottom. So it's giving us that like ridiculously painful stretch. Mm -hmm. um, we would push back up and do like a dead stop for 10. So just really making sure that I'm getting a full range of motion with, um, fundamental lifts, yeah. leg press, back squat, leg extension. I've taken out most of the fluff. Um, you know, I've just really started sticking to the core lifts and making sure I'm doing different angles and different variations of those lifts. Um, and not worrying about going super heavy because I don't, I don't feel like I need to 
stack 10 plates on each side on the leg press to feel like I'm getting a good workout. And, and it really, and, it honestly puts me in more pain uh-huh. and uncomfortability. And then I'm not able to train again for a week because I'm in too much, you know, pain and my joints are too stressed to even like think about training again. Because now you receive the feedback that you need to improve your back and back we know is a big muscle sometimes requires some heavy lifting so how do you have a strategy to continue to improve your back without having to pound a lot of pounds of uh, heavy workout well i've honestly been neglecting things like pull-ups chin-ups like simple things that i just was neglecting to do i mean that pull down same thing right no it's not it's not the same thing so i um i've definitely started incorporating um chin-ups and uh, like actual free hanging pull-ups in every single back day and even actually on some shoulder days um i don't want to overdo them but my goal like it's sad to say and it's so embarrassing but i can't even do 10 i can't even do 10 pull-ups like on my own um And honestly, the heavier I get in off season, the harder that's going to be to do anyways. Mm-hmm. Like the more heavier I am, the harder it's going to be for me to pull my fat butt up there. So, you know, it's something that I truly have set a goal for myself that I want to get 10 pull-ups, um, 10 chin-ups, and I want to be able to do them like back to back. So we're definitely incorporating those. Um, rows are the main staple that I think I'll be using this year. Um, again, I don't necessarily need a lot of width in my back. I need it to come dimensional is what I've been told. So, um, we're going to just row until I can't row. No mo. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Bray. I'm looking forward to see, uh, your version next year. I know that a lot of things, uh, are happening uh, this end of the year. You've been blessed with a lot of great things, and I'm really happy that you found um, your soulmate, and now you you, are, you guys are together. And um, wish you best of luck for your next prep. Take your time to, to rest your body, enjoy Thanksgiving, and thank you very much for being here today. And thank you, Yuri. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. See you, everyone, on the next episode of Overcome Podcast.